Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask those guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, the guest that we have on today, I've been excited about. I met him a, a couple months ago when I started my new job. Um, he and I have had a lot of uh, spirited conversations, uh, conversations about the spirit, actually. Yes, sir. Um, he and I dove into some pretty deep conversations pretty quick, and uh, I, I made a recommendation a couple weeks ago, I think, with uh, on, on another podcast that I had done to go and seek out somebody in your work organization that might think like you do, might think a little bit differently, but you can have those deeper conversations with and make friends with them. And this is a guy that I was able to successfully do that with. So his name is Joshy Ruiz. It is Joshy with an IE, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yes, All about it the is. Vowels. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, he is, he is nothing but unique. Um, so I appreciate he, that. <laughs> yep. The, the name Joshy, it is, uh, it is real. You will use that real name, especially in my presence. Oh yes, um, sir. Yeah. I don't, I don't let anybody, I don't let anybody fall down on that. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, have, I have the name Haas. And so when everybody finds out that that's not my real name, uh, then they're like, oh, I'm going to call you. Jo-. So names are important to me. Um, oh, yeah. No, I was listening to your episode with Jonah yesterday, and y'all were talking about like names and the importance of them, whatever, because you were talking about Little Baby Rousher. Yeah. And um, as well as like how the same concept you were just communicating of how you hate being called Justin. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I probably won't be naming my kid Joshy. Just. Just so you know, I, I appreciate that. I don't, I don't know what you were thinking I, when you I were listening to that. No, I appreciate that because that would mean at some point in time, your child and myself would have to duke it out for the name. And I don't want to. I don't want to fight a baby. <laughs> well, you don't want to fight a baby. I don't want to fight a baby. Um, Dielan and I are both. This is. I, I apologize early, but Dielan and I are both. She's five ten and I'm six foot, so you might have to fight him when he's a baby. Okay, no, uh, that's valid. That's fine. <laughs> you might have to fight him. I said I didn't want to fight a baby. <laughs> That would only happen under the circumstance that we shared the name. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's cool. into shape. It's uh, cool. You know, reject modernity, embrace tradition. I'm a fan of just beating children mercilessly, mercilessly early. Oh, yeah. If you're asking me, Sparta yeah. had it right. Yeah, exactly. You know? So um, if he's not fit. So. But anyway. Um, <laughs> for legal purposes. Yeah, for legal that purposes, was these are all jokes. Um, so, Joshy, I'm glad to have you on here today. I'm glad that you were able to fill a spot. Um, as what typically happens in the podcast game, in the industry, in the biz, as we call um, it, yeah, as we call it, I call it the Amarillo cottage podcast industry. Um, so, cause there's like a few of us and we all know each other. Um, but Word. you okay. get a lot of cancellations. So I get a guest on and guest says, Hey, can't do it. Or I get a guest on and I don't want to talk to him. So I say, I can't do it. Um, Dang. many of, many of the different options. Uh, but a lot of times I plan to have guests on and then they fall through and then I'm scrambling around, try to get a guest on. So that's not just me talking into a mic and you filled the spot. So I really appreciate it. I'm glad, I'm glad to know B string is coming in clutch. Uh, well, I'm glad I don't to mean to make no, it sound oh, like oh, that. Oh no, you said what you said. You said what you said. <laughs> well, I'm just talking myself into a I, hole. I right? just need y'all to know that uh, this is the second take on the intro. The first one was much more intimate. Yeah. The first one, I was much nicer to Joshy. Yeah. Uh, it got weird and then I couldn't, continue with full eye contact yeah full Full eye contact contact. the moment joshy and i locked eyes i knew it was going to end exactly like this or at least result in this in in the podcast where it's going to be weird we're going to make a lot of jokes but gotta do what you gotta do um yeah let's get into the meat joshy um i have rapid fire questions you and i already have a little bit of a rapport but 
little bit. Uh, little I've got bit. a buddy named Clyde Pratt who, if I don't give him the rapid fire, he turns feral. So, um, okay, <laughs> he's okay, gonna, he's gonna laugh at that. Um, so you're a big espresso guy. You like the you like the spro, right? I am uh, what I, I refer to as a coffee nerd. Coffee nerd. Coffee nerd. Just coffee. Not just coffee. <laughs> not just coffee. But but that's that's the biggest the biggest portion of my nerd nerddom. Yeah, you're kind of like well, you you dive into whiskey too as well. I do, I do like I, getting into the science behind behind whiskey. So there, there's something interesting there where you like artisan because it, it's very artisanal. You know what I'm saying? Oh like yeah, whiskey and and the coffee. You're an artisan. You're not just making. If if it was just to make something to drink, then it would be water. Like if it was completely utilitarian, there would be no point. So you're yeah. you like the artisanal and then um, whiskey and coffee. Do you ever combine the two? Do you like the coffee, the Irish coffee, and all that stuff? I do. I do dig the Irish coffee. I prefer doing what's commonly referred to as a cold fashion, where you make a, an old fashioned with some cold brew or cold brew concentrate. I think it's better with concentrate. It's just a personal thing. Interesting. But uh, yeah, no, because coffee and bourbon are two of my favorite things. Old fashioned is one of my favorite cocktails. Like it's classic. People hate on it. You know, there's so many TikToks about if this is what you order at the bar, then oh, you're an old man or whatever. No, it's just good. Yeah. But um, but yeah, cold fashion, man, it is fire. You and I must run in some different social media circles because. Uh, all of, all of my no, I, I know we do because I see the stuff you send me. Hey, you send me some pretty rough stuff. I too. do, I do too. Um, I do just, too. You just uh, got to be be selective with who you send those things to. Well, that's why I send you know, them to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying because because like I mean, you send that to to someone like us, and they're gonna say, "Oh man, that's funny." Okay, cool. I can joke around with this guy. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you send that to Deborah from HR, and you're gonna get admitted. Yeah, well, real quick. The the joke is so funny that HR wants to hear it. Um, that's always what I've been. Yeah. Told. You sent me that one too. You sent me that <laughs> <Yeah>. one too. <laughs> uh, well, and if, if you'll notice, uh, what I did is I sent you like my most mild meme and I don't, I don't want you. It took me so long to find a meme that I was willing to send to somebody that I just met. Like I had to scroll so much to find one that was mild enough that yeah. I could send to somebody that you're I like, met. they can't know me like that yet. <laughs> I literally, it's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> like that one. These are, this is either going to, establish a friendship or make sure no one never gets established. But, um, no. So anyway, um, you must run in different circles cause bourbon is like the big thing now, like whiskey, like you're kind of cool if you drink whiskey straight now. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, all the, all the hipsters have just made a beeline for neat anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, particularly bourbon. Um, which is funny because the one that got me into bourbon was my brother-in-law and he is very much a hipster. Um, awesome. There's never a time a day in which his ankles are not showing. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love him though. Shout out Andrew. I love you so much, bro. But anyways, yeah, he was the one that, that got me into bourbon. And, uh, cause I'd done no underage drinking, but if I were to have done so, uh, I would, I would have been just drinking anything at my disposable. Yeah. But I would not do that. Yeah. Because that's illegal. You wouldn't do that at all. I would never do Nobody's that. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody, so, no one does that. But anyway, um, you finally got some standards from your brother-in-law, yes, Andrew, sir. who shows his ankles. Yes, um, ankle showing Andrew. Ankle showing. That, that's, his, that's his contact in our family uh, group chat. You know what's what's really funny is that uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast before if I ever meet him, and I'm going to call him ankle showing Andrew. You can. You can. I hope He'll, he'll take it like a champ. Because, no, you know what, though? Because you and Andrew would actually probably get along a lot. Really? Because neither one of y'all cares for the semantics in conversation. Yeah. Like neither neither one of y'all cares to just like fitter around the main point or whatever, just have small talk casually and 
Yeah. Like both both of y'all care a lot more about getting to the Me. core of who this person is yeah. and what the hell they care about. That's awesome. Relatively quick, well, relatively early into the relationship, y'all y'all share that. That's awesome. Heavily. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you you and Ankle Show and Andrew will get along. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. We'll we'll trade fashion tips. Yes, yeah. sir. We'll trade fashion tips. Yes, sir. Get this man some boot cut. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so I promised rapid fire. What is your, since you like the espresso, you like the bourbon. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to start with what is your favorite? I know, I, I know you like the raw espresso. Yes, okay? sir. Um, but I'm going to ask you to elevate that or in your terms, maybe, um, not elevate. What, what's the opposite of elevate? Um, Reduce. bring it, bring it down to normal people levels to the normies. Okay. What is your favorite espresso style drink? to have espresso style drink uh man you know this one goes goes out to my iced coffee girlies all right i love iced lattes with oat milk interesting specifically an iced oat milk latte with cascara and brown sugar that's interesting if you don't know what cascara is it's just the fruit that the coffee bean comes from yeah but yeah it's a real like mild almost like fall ish sweet flavor but uh it goes phenomenal with brown sugar and ice latte that's that's my my normie drink yeah, so um oh, sorry. Why iced versus hot? Man, honestly, I don't know. I just I just prefer it. I just prefer it overall. I think maybe it's because I can drink it faster. Cuz if I have something in my hand, I just want to drink it kind of mindlessly. Right. Just, just kind of as like a little comfort thing. I'll just be sipping on it like crazy, and that's harder to do with hot stuff cuz you know, you got to wait for it. And I don't like being patient with whatever I'm drinking. I have that's one. just me though. I have learned that with some of those drinks where uh, they can get a little bit bitter, like uh, beer for one, or with uh, coffee, essentially, mm-hmm. temperature is very important. So oh, if I'm going to drink it hot, it's got to stay hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to drink like beer cold, it's got to stay cold. Yes, sir. Uh, and yes, so sir. I, I understand. I actually enjoy the uh, the frappes, like the, the slushies. You, you know? basic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Man. Um, I, love a, I love a Vermont frappe that's what i drink if i'm in the uh in the summer the vermont's like the maple and all that okay um okay yeah it's got like maple syrup in it or something still plugging roasters um, yes i love roasters but uh i've never had anything else um i had palace once and then they made me leave so um or sit yesterday. on the patio table yeah yesterday yeah um no i i i uh i like the the frappes or whatever they are but uh typically if i'm going to drink coffee it's going to be in the winter uh, and okay. it's going to be hot, like very hot. Yeah. Um, and if I don't have my tumbler, I won't drink it. So like there's been multiple mornings where, um, I've left to go get coffee before work and then I don't have my, my, uh, leftist tears tumbler, uh, oh, yeah. from the daily wire. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, it's not even worth drinking at this point. Cause it's just going to get, cold. you don't get to hand that to the barista. Exactly. Watch, well, the, watch the expression on their face. Number one. Yes. Yeah. Number one. Yes. That's the real uh, fuel in the morning. What I love. Uh, so I have one that says conservative tears, uh, and then, and in parentheses, it says of joy. And at the bottom, it has the date of the abolition of Roe v. Wade. Uh, and if you want to talk about That's a, a good date, yeah, if, it's a good date. If you want to talk about a roller coaster, hand the barista that, uh, <laughs> would they even recognize that? I feel like you have to be so niche in, into, into the small history. So typically what happens is they see the conservative tears and then they see of joy and then they're, you know, like, oh, so, so they're going to Google yeah. what that date is. Yeah. Like somewhere in between. So, okay. Well, it says it, um, it does say, uh, abolition of Roe v. Wade on it. Oh, so I got it, you. I it got explains you. it. Um, but typically like when I bring my leftist tears tumbler in there, they're just like, oh, 
like eye roll you know what i mean and this nobody's guy. ever been like super rude but i could yeah. tell that they see it and they're like uh, yeah no begrudgingly put my coffee in there but yeah. when i bring the conservative tears i have seen it once where they're like have to read it down the mug and uh-huh. it just makes me so happy Man. <laughs> um but no uh i've got to ha- i've got to keep it warm so you said uh what what recap that? What was your favorite drink again? My favorite drink was an iced oat milk latte with cascara and brown sugar. So I'm in a big uh, reject modernity and embrace tradition mindset lately. Started about uh, July. With your Vermont fraps. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, look. All right, buddy. Um, <laughs> we're getting there. Um, this started about July 10th when I found out that my wife was pregnant. So now I just reject modernity, embrace tradition. Uh, but Makes why sense. oat Makes milk? Sense. Why why do you hurt me like that? Dude, it's good. Does, does it it's taste good. any different? Yes, it does. Show me the teats on an oat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find them. You'll find Show them. me the pip <laughs> on a strawberry. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? No, I've seen the ranch. Yeah, have you seen the one on the ranch where it's like Clint Eastwood and he's like, show me the tits on an almond. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Same concept across the board. But yeah, no, honestly, like oat milk, I just think it has a better flavor. Like it's actually kind of contributing a flavor. Milk in most coffee drinks i think is more so just a vehicle for volume are they using two percent you know whole milk most shops will typically use whole milk as the go-to yeah um and have uh low fat as an option typically as well as some some other like non-dairy type types of milks and non-dairy variations uh but for the most part shops are just using whole milk so you think oat milk actually has a flavor i think so it's probably because rather than just a texture anyways i bet there's actually flavor added into oat milk I, I, would, I would imagine. Again, uh, that's going to depend on the shop you go to. But yeah. Um, anyway, so let's move to bourbon. I know, yes, you, I know your daily drinker. Um, so, what is your daily drinker, and what's the best you've ever had? Actually, I'm, I want to know first. What do you think my daily drinker is? Angels Envy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. For oh. the most part. For the most part, I bounce around. I bounce around. My daily drinker typically is going to be either Angels Envy or some of that Weller Special Reserve. Yeah. I do like that Weller. You like the Weller? The Weller Special Reserve, man. It is way too good for being a $25 bottle. I can't get... Maybe it's just their branding, but it looks like a cheap bottle of whiskey. Well, I mean, it is. Uh, that one is 25 bucks. I know, but when I can get... I mean, Buffalo Trace and Bullet, they don't look like just cheap bottles of whiskey, and they drink... I'm going to wreck your world right now. Better. Buffalo Trace is made from the same distillery that Weller is. I know it is. Oh. I know it is. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, okay. I fully understand. So, just, so you, you just care about like the elegance of the bottle itself. I, well, I, I think that's why I don't like Weller is when I see I it, kind of, like if you, if you put a glass, like if you made me blind, blinding is what they do where you, you drink it without knowing what's in it. Right, right, right. Um, if you, if you made me blind Weller and Buffalo Trace, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you different. No, they're actually um, really similar. But when you hand it to, like when I see you pour it, um, the one that you put Weller in, I'm like, what is this disgusting trash? Because the bottle just doesn't look good. Yeah. I, so. I actually do slightly prefer the Weller Special Reserve to the Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Um, just based off of the different variations of sweet notes that come in each. Yeah. It's, it's just a preferential thing. It's not really a matter of quality, but uh, yeah. So, so either that Buffalo trace special reserve, not the Buffalo trace, this, the Weller special reserve or that angels envy is going to be my daily. Um, And then you said my, the best one I've ever had. Yeah. The best bourbon I've ever had. Well, it actually wasn't a bourbon. I think it was a rye, but it was from high West distillery. It's a release that only happens once a year called a midwinter night's dram. And uh, so it's it's inspired by by a Shakespeare play. So like the late labeling is really elaborate. The bottle's really pretty. You would love it based on appearance. Yeah. Um, I believe this was from their and I do love rye eighth release, maybe their seventh, because the, each year they release it as an 
Act. So this year, releasing on October 8th, they're going to release the Midwinter Night's Dram Act 11. This is the 11th year that they've been, been putting it out, and they label the barrels as scenes. So I don't, know what, I don't know what scene this was, but I think it was from Act 7 or 8. Okay. That might be different numbers than the other one I just said. But it was prior to 9, I believe. Yeah. And so how do you get this? By being very lucky and very dedicated. So where did uh, you find it? My buddy Alvon, that I used to work with at Palace, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was also one of the guys that kind of helped pave, pave my way into appreciating bourbon as, as more of a palate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really taking the time to, to appreciate it rather than to just drink something. Um, and at this point, Alvin and I have been working together, so we knew each other's palates pretty well. And we knew that that we both had the ability to kind of recognize notes, pick up on that stuff a little better. So he broke out this bottle from some hidden cabinet and was like, you know, I wouldn't typically share this with people, but I know your palate. I know you can appreciate it. So I'm gonna give you like like a one ounce pour. And yeah. I'm like, Let's freaking go, dude. Uh, given like I just turned 21. Yeah. And um. But yeah, I think that was the best one I've ever had. Really? I, I think so. I'm very interested. I've heard High West is really good, and I do like a rye. So High West is, uh, is real nice, man. Dude, yeah. They have, I think, three or four different ryes. Yeah. I'm excited to get some Bourbon Buddies, which is kind of, I hate the name once I say it, but. Bourbon uh, Buddies? Yeah, Bourbon Buddies. Um, But I'm excited to get some Bourbon Buddies to where it's at the point now to where if somebody sees like a really nice rye or something like that, um, they'll I'll text me. Yeah, and they'll be like, hey, do you want this? And so. um. Yeah, I'm excited to get that going, even though I, I rarely honestly drink anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be sober until the baby's born. Um, I don't know. I may. It, Good call. Good call. Well, it, it depends on, uh, you know, uh, it depends on what my weight is looking like. If I get to 225 before Christmas, I may drink a little bit at Christmas. Okay, um, very nice. Enjoy some bourbon or something. But um, I want to, I have a goal that before baby comes, I want to uh, weigh and bench 225. So that's a good goal. Yes, sir. Yep. Throwing so, up two plates. Yep. Way and bench. I've done it before, but it's been a while. And so I want to get back to, to doing that. So, um, heck yeah, dude, that's a good goal, man. I'm that's excited. A good goal. So let's get into the meat. We've talked a lot of, uh, it's not nonsense, but we've spent 18 minutes talking about whiskey and, and coffee and stuff like that. Uh, Joshi, what is your purpose? My, per- my purpose. And this is not, original from me. These are not my terms. Uh, I'm going to derive that from the first Westminster Catechism, which says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Okay. So that is, is what I hold on to as my purpose. Um, and the purpose of that catechism, that's the first, the first one in this list um, of call and response questions that kind of help define the Christian faith. That one is put first on purpose because it's just a trickle down from that. Like everything in your life ought to derive from the fact that you're doing it as a means, as a method, as a vehicle to glorify God. Okay. I appreciate that. that yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I get a lot of people on here that, that share some form of that purpose. Um, purpose and I, I hear pursuing God um, mm-hmm. for all of their days. I hear to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I all, hear a lot all of good. that. All and good. It's excellent, and I love it a lot because it is kind of that part of this is what I'm doing. Everything that I do, I do it to do, to do that. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. I do. I'm gonna further. I'm gonna narrow down your question. Okay. Okay. What are your favorite ways to glorify God? Man, the the means that that I think about this the most is um I I can't recall the exact verse reference, but it's whenever Jesus Jesus talks about. You know, whenever I was hungry, you gave me food. Whenever I needed clothes, you clothed me. Um, 
whenever I was in prison, you visited me. And the crowd that he's talking to are all like, Jesus, you, when were you in prison? Yeah. We didn't do that. When did we see you naked and give you clothes? You were never like that. And he responds with, that's true. But I tell you, whatever you did into the least of these, you've done unto me. So, man, that's my, that's my favorite means is by looking at um, overall the people that society has kind of labeled as less than worthy right. and serving them uh, in a way that, that I can't get repaid for. Um, primarily, so I'm going to plug back to coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we've, we've spot, talked a little bit about this, man. I'm involved with a nonprofit coffee shop or a string of them in Oklahoma called Not Your Average Joe. Okay. Uh, the whole mission of it is inclusive hiring practices towards people with disabilities. So think side-by-side inclusion of neurotypical adults with adults with um, autism, Down syndrome, Asperger's, palsy, um, all kinds of different disabilities across the board, okay. right? These individuals are never really given a fair shot, uh, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in school. Um, whatever the condition that they have is, is the first thing that people see when they look at them. Right. And they're never given a fair shot. Um, they're going to be overlooked for activities, for jobs, because people automatically put this cap on their capability for them. Yeah. And so, man, that nonprofit is incredible. Um, I got led into it through a desire to see a young man that I was mentoring. His name is John. Uh, John is autistic. And I wanted to to be part of something to give him the time of day that he deserves. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's my main means is working in that nonprofit industry, giving a voice, um, trying to give a platform and an awareness that these individuals with these conditions are people. They're right. equally valued in the eyes of God. And we ought to value them and look at them with the same value and dignity that God does. I like that. Um, I heard when you when you did that, what I really like to see is people doing something about it, um, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I like to see people doing something about it. Now, I typically like to see them doing something about it within the framework of values that I share with them. Yeah, um, and it, it sounds like that's what y'all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like to see somebody doing something about it. Uh, and it, when I hear you talk about it, I can tell that you're really passionate about it. Oh, yes. Sir. And uh, yes, you know sir. me, I like people that are passionate about things that um, share the values that I have. And so um, really, really good to hear you talk about that and that y'all are doing something about that. Um, what are some of the what are some of the struggles that you deal with or that uh, maybe you wouldn't think? Because we always have like these inclusive hiring practices or, or bringing somebody up to speed and training in a job. What right. are what are some benefits uh that are you know working with uh these types of people what what how do you refer to them uh typically in the shops we we refer to to them as as friends friends they're our friends they're not our okay. disabled employees they're not our special needs employees they're our friends right that's but, what we are you know so this group of people i guess neuroatypical is that you said neurotypical but anyway yeah the, we just group, use friends we'll yeah, say our friends the friends okay yeah. the friends that you're working with uh-huh. um what are some advantages of working with this group of people at, that are outside of another group of people because you said they're not looked at i may be stumbling a little bit they're looked at as it as in they have a cap um right what are some advantages and what are some challenges that you have to come up with to to make this work because i know there are there i mean yeah no all sure. the time so give me the advantages and some of the challenges yeah absolutely no that's a good question um as far as advantages go man it is incredible the way that some of these individuals brains are wired right. because once something is ingrained and you, you teach them a method to do something, to create something, um, 
or to like memorize something, like you give them an order of events, steps to a process to create an end product. And once it's down, once it's ingrained, man, it will be the most consistent product over and over and over again. Because it's not just the the concept of A to B that's ingrained. It's each methodical step along the way done right. to a very precise T. Uh, so that's one of the coolest things. For example, I'll bring it back to my buddy, John, that I mentored for the past, for the past few years. Um, he collects those Funko Pop vinyls, right? right? The little bobblehead looking things. And, oh, okay. And I kid you not, he has, I believe now he's over 1,300. Right. That, so it's a whole room, room full, wall to wall. It's awesome. And he knows every single one of them. He knows their details. He knows the different editions from each other. He knows what they feel like. We will put these things in a box, blindfold, feel them with the hands, and he will get it within a minute and be able to say exactly which one it is, which edition, just based on the texture and the size and everything. It's That's ins- crazy. It's insane because he cares about it. Yeah. Because he cares about it, and he spends time looking at them, playing with them, messing with them. And uh, that's 1,300 different ones. And he knows each and every one of them by heart. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So similar concept with the products. You know, you teach that process, and they're, and they're going to get the process down. And now that end result is going to be the same every single time because right. they, they know and understand and care about the details. Like, it's just the way that a lot of these individuals' brains are wired. Not, not that neurotypical individuals are at a disadvantage in that arena that like, you know, you, you can't give someone without a condition those same steps and they're going to give you a less than part right. product. Um, but that is a big advantage yeah. for sure. Well, I, 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 something that you said, I think they hit on is, uh, the care, um, the, the fact that they care about it. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that it's, uh, something where getting somebody that, getting anybody that cares about something enough to actually take the time to memorize the steps and mm-hmm. to produce consistency is difficult. Um, yeah. Like anybody. Yep. I mean, you, me, anybody else, uh, finding something that they actually care about enough to do this thing and to do it right and to do it correctly is tough. Yeah. Um, but is that, is that a specific trait of uh, your friends that you work with or is it easier found in the friends that you work with or? Yeah. Um, Going back to the to the fact that we use the term friends, yeah. right? Because they are our friends. Um, first and foremost, these aren't just our employees. These individuals are not just a number to meet a quota. These are individuals that that we're deeply invested in their lives. Right. Um, we care about them. We want to see them grow and excel, not just in work, but in every area of life. Right. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, like I said, these are people. We're going to treat them like people. Right. Uh. So so we build the relationship. Man, and this is good in any management practices. Yeah. You know, uh, I one of the first things I say whenever I do my trainings, because that's my role there, I'm a trainer. Um, I tell people, look, I can teach you how to do something. I can give you a, a tool set. I can give you a skill set. I can show you the exact steps and you can repeat these exact steps, but I cannot make you care. Yeah. I cannot make you value the fact that you're about to brighten Becky's day by giving her a little cup of joy that she needs to function in the morning. Like, I can't make you care about that. You have to decide that for yourself. Uh, and whenever you show that you care about your employees across the field and in any form of management, you show that you care about them as people. And there's just something that clicks that they desire to want to give out a, a good product because they know that you value them and they want to value the work that they're doing Yeah. Um, to maintain that, that value, that mutual respect in that relationship. You know, it's just a vehicle. Coffee is just a vehicle. You can accomplish this mission with, with any Roman of industry. Yeah. But 
and and in a lot of areas too somebody who feels like they haven't been valued in the past when you do finally value them mm-hmm. um i can imagine that performance and care i mean skyrockets because they actually feel valued oh yeah i mean take literally anybody um and once you finally value them in any sort of aspect uh then they actually care um mm-hmm. it's it's kind of funny hearing you talk about this and it's like man how much better would that be if we did that at work (laughs) you know what i'm saying like uh, how much better would things be if if you know that was done in other places so yeah what what are and challenges may be the wrong word as you know i am no wordsmith especially when it comes to words that might be offensive so the word challenge may not be the right one no it's cool but whatever works best what what are the challenges or at the very least differences because you work with uh you know at work um we don't have these types of friends that you're trying to help that right. are not valued. Right. So what are some challenges and some differences that you see um, in trying to train uh, your friends at the other job or at, you said, not your average Joe um, yes, that you may have to deal with that you have to overcome? Yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest obstacle is finding the right trainers, the right managers. Yeah. Because first you have to make sure that they care about the job. Yeah. Um, the ones that are going to be overseeing all the other workers all overseeing the product as a whole. Cause if they don't care, ain't nobody going to care. Right. Uh, so especially in the training process, man, you have to have patience, which most people in our age group lack yeah. hard. <laughs> and most people in our age group are the primary workers in coffee shops. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that is, that is one difficulty. Um, another one is a lot of these individuals have, um, not just cognitive conditions, but also like physical disabilities. Um, so some, some of our friends, they might have a tremor or maybe their, um, their, their handwriting isn't the best or something. There's, there's an an array of conditions that can come with physical side effects. Right. Um, so first you have to determine what the best area of the shop is suited for them. Right. For some, they're ready to start pulling drinks right, right away. And they really want to learn, um, the coffee side of things. Uh, one of the shops actually has alcohol. So one of our one of our friends, uh, Danielle, she has Down syndrome and she is TABC certified to awesome. serve alcohol. It's awesome. She makes a mean mimosa, but and because that's what she wanted to do. So you got you got to find that balance between what they're best suited towards and what they most want to do. Yeah. Um. And again, that goes across the board for all employees. I think that's a universal, uh, challenge and struggle and work structure. Uh, the other thing, man, is you you have to use some unordinary methods sometimes, right. you know, you got to break it down. Um, we have a lot of training practices that are a little unorthodox. Uh, for example, whenever we're doing trainings on recipes, drink recipes, yeah. rather than just giving a list and being like, okay, memorize this. We actually play games with it. Like a lot of matching games, a lot of card flipping stuff, um, to put like a tactile element with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you just make, make a game out of it and then they'll be like, ah, yes, we're playing. Yeah. Uh, which man, I would love to learn stuff like that instead. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that seems right up my alley. Yeah, you and I did uh, a training together um, at, at our actual job. Oh yeah. Um, where it was that was just kind of like what it was like. That's why when they volunteered for somebody to run the mouse and the keyboard, I'm like, me, it, me, please, please, yeah, <laughs> like, so that I don't have to just sit and watch. I need stimulation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so man, that's that's really cool, and I like the fact that really and. To say that I don't have any preconceived biases would be incorrect. Everybody um, does on, across on, the board for everything. Yeah, so on any level, but um, 
it's kind of funny because it's like, well, that's exactly what you should be doing anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, oh, wants, yeah. who wants to just sit and be given a list of recipes? And I, I have a thought of that. The fact that you do have to be more thorough. Um, we, let me put it this way. Uh, we went to a training for, you know, I work for another company. We have the same job, but I work for another company. Right, right, right. Um, we went to a training for another company and, uh, the, the, the foundation of that training was brilliance of the basics. So we're going to get back to the absolute basics. What does that typically mean? That means that y'all aren't doing the, the complicated very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but I feel like as a baseline in, in the training, when you have somebody where the basics need to be emphasized a little bit more mm-hmm. to where it's harder to take that step to the complicated, what do you have to do? You have to master the basics a little bit better. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, especially with myself and my career experience, um, because they feel like they don't have to address the basics with me. They instantly throw me into the complicated and that just creates problems for everybody. Yep. And so it's kind of this, this beautiful thing that you've created where it's like, we can't skip past the basics. Um, we have to master the brilliance of the basics and you're just, you're doing things the way that they should be. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Across absolutely. the board for everybody, any barista, the training should be fun. It should be engaging. Um, you shouldn't, yep. you shouldn't cut corners just because you think that you can. Let me put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, you think that because a certain person is a certain way that you can cut corners on the training, you really can't. Yeah, no, and you shouldn't um, lower standards either. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, that was the primary uh, goal upon me joining that team as a trainer was because I had specific training in the specialty coffee industry uh, at a very high standard. Uh, whereas the shop, the shops I'm helping with now, not your average Joe, um, whenever I was starting on, there was not quality control in place. Right. Um, there were no tests to have to pass, which we're still developing the the metrics uh, by by which we see how well someone is performing. But because the shop I came from, we had to pass several tests before we were allowed to touch the bar, before right. we were allowed to do anything except put syrup in a cup and label it. Right. Uh, and then even then, we still had... This is Palace? Palace Coffee. Yeah. Palace Coffee, yeah. And we would have two separate tests throughout the year, one of which would just be a regular performance review. Like, Hey, let's see what we're doing, what you're doing well, what you're not doing well. Um, we're just kind of going to observe you on bars, take note of anything that we notice. And this, this is the stuff that would determine our raises, Yeah, uh, which I thought was a good incentive to do your job well and to know the, your role well. Uh, and then we'd have a separate exam where we would have to do three different drinks, maybe no, just two, just two different drinks in a certain amount of time and serve them not just to our managers, but to the owner. Oh, that's fun. Yes. So so we would have to dial in the espresso. We'd have to give tactiles, like the mouthfeel of it, as well as um, label the balance between the bitterness, sweetness, and acidity in the shot. We would have to give it flavor calls as to what we thought it was actually tasting like. We'd have to give our recipe for how much coffee we were using, how much water we were using, how much time it was taking to pull, and it had to fit within certain parameters. So these were, these were high standards that we had to hold to. And that, that same quality we would do every single time, at least three times a day it's happening in that shop, or it should be anyways, whenever I was working there. Um, but these kind of metrics, these kind of kind of means of quality control did not exist at Nyarov Joe whenever I started with that. So that's kind of my main goal in training there um, is implementing these quality control metrics and also kind of establishing a baseline system of how do we know someone's ready to hop on bar. Right. Uh, because, of course, you know, the mission is going to bring people in. For sure. 
people yeah. say, oh my gosh, like, you know, everybody knows someone or has a cousin or goes to church with someone who's affected by one of these conditions. And then, so they see that and say, oh man, that's so great. I'm so glad y'all are doing this. But the mission will only keep people for so long. Yeah. You know, if you give them a crappy cup of coffee every time they come in, then they're going to start going to Starbucks down the road because they're like, nah, dude, I want my, I want my frap. Like, I love what you're doing, but I, I can't drink this. Yeah. So, th- well, this is an interesting point in that, you know, you and I, we share a lot of values. And yes, one sir. thing is that uh, lowering standards helps no one. Um, Never. The lower, lowering standards helps nobody. <laughs> no. I mean, and, and it's a, uh, what is it? It's, it's oh man, it's, uh, I forget what it's, uh, the bigotry of low standards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Bigotry of low expectations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have low expectations for somebody, that is a form of bigotry. Um, oh, for sure. And it could be, it could be on both sides. It could be this person is never going to be able to do it this way. So I'm not going to hire them or I'm going to hire them and I'm not going to hold them to any standards because they're never going to be able to do it this way. Yeah. Which um, is stupid. Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it, it, it's ignorant on both sides. Oh yeah, um, for sure. It, it really is. Um, to, to, to just have somebody here and say, they're never going to be able to do this because of some immutable characteristic. Uh, so I'm not going to hire them or I'm going to give them, all the money in the world uh, and not expect anything from them um, or all of this in the world and not expect anything from them because they're never going to be able to do it. Right. Um, Neither of them helps that person. Um, What helps that person is doing what you're talking about of giving them the support that they need uh, and holding them to expectations uh, and asking them to perform to those expectations. Yes, sir. To me, that is that's how you do these people justice. That's how you treat them justly is by holding them to expectations. Oh, ab- absolutely, man. Cause I mean, like we said, they're, they're people, you know, right. like, like treat them like people. Cause like you said, you're not doing any favors to anybody by lowering expectations. Um, and you're especially not, not doing individuals who have never been given a fair shot, any favors. You're not giving them any favors by saying, Oh, good job. You did so great when there's a mess on the floor. Yeah. Like, like no, cause you, the whole point is to equip them to give, give, these people skills uh and whether you're working with someone with disabilities whether you're raising your children whether you're responsible for trainees on whatever occupation you happen to be in like you have to hold them to certain standards and expect certain things of them uh otherwise like like you said that falls on you that that's a problem on your end you're you're enabling their poor behavior and you're you're also giving yourself permission to let your product lack Right. That's dumb. That is stupid. Yeah. Well, and like you said, they go in because they like the cause and then they get a bad cup of coffee and they're like, well, I guess I just gave $3 to charity instead of I got $3 for a good cup of coffee that supports a good cause. Right. Which you know what I'm saying? Which given, I don't want it to sound like that their drinks are bad. Like, honestly, the drinks are great. Uh, it is very much more towards like frou frou coffee. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Not your average Joe. Oh, Not yeah, your average yeah. Joe. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's very modern. Um, but it's good. It's yeah. good. But I believe I want to make it the best, you well, know? Yeah. And, and you should, that should be the goal of anybody. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. So I do have a question about incentive structures. And again, if this question offends, just let me know. But I <laughs> could imagine good. that when you base your incentive to pass tests around a dollar figure for, let's say palace baristas, that that incentive structure might look a little bit different for the friends that you might work with. Is that correct? Or are they still very incentivized by getting raises and monetary? Do you have any other incentive structure to help them out? Man, honestly, we haven't really experimented with any other incentive structure. Um, 
And part of it is because, like I said, most of these individuals have not been given a fair shot in yeah. the workforce. So that is their incentive. Yeah. For, for the most part, I, I think it's been working pretty well. Um, again, I'm relatively new to this kind of role. Uh, like I, I've only been there for about a year and a half now, almost two years. Um, and to be so, fair, it's not like a full-time thing. That's why. No. Yeah. yeah Cause I mean, it's in Oklahoma, so I can go every month, every couple months. I actually went like 10 times between the beginning of the year and the end of April. Awesome. I, I spent ev- at least every other weekend in Oklahoma city. Um, which was totally worth it. It was so much fun. It was worth it? It was worth it, for sure. Uh, because we were training a barista to compete in a national competition. Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah, we got to go to Portland. Did not recommend Portland. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was gross. Yeah. It was gross. I was uh, dodging needles in Denver last week. So. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. Same. Which is sad, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's very... Well, when you don't hold people to a standard. <laughs> Again, yeah. No, same concept. Same um, concept. Yeah, when when you don't hold people to a standard and you don't enforce that standard, it sucks um, yeah. for everybody, everybody involved. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, man, I really I really appreciate that. Like I I really, again, I'm a fun guy. I like to make jokes. I'm I think a I'm fun a fun guy. Yeah, fun guy. Um, like to make jokes, but it really does warm my heart when I hear about something like that. Again, when somebody's actually doing something about it, and when they're actually holding people to standards and giving them the tools that they need to perform. Um, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that, that. That always makes me feel good because that's the way, that's the way it should be. If you really want to treat them like real people, like whoever it may be, I'm not saying them as in like a scary category group, right, but right. <laughs> if you want to treat whoever the affected, you know, the affected party is um, like real people, you should hold them to standards like real people. Oh, absolutely. I have the same, I have the same comments about ADHD. I don't know if ADHD is included in, your friends list, but yeah, uh, I mean, I would say so. I mean, I'm mad ADHD. Yeah. I, I, well, I have the same comments of, yeah. you know, when you, you can give them different tools, that's fine. Um, I wonder how much of a tool medication is, but, um, you can, yep. get, you can give them different tools. Uh, you can do things a little bit differently, but when you automatically lower your standards, uh, that's bad. Um, I agree. And what, what really sucks is when, you know, when you, don't have when you're not giving them the tools uh you don't what am i trying to say when you lower the standards when you're not giving them any tools uh and you just move them on anyway um even right. if they don't meet your lower standards like, right, right which is what happens in school most of the time yeah um so it it really sucks um but i'm glad to see that somebody's doing something about it yeah no i i agree i mean like you said even with the the comments about like adhd yeah um you know, it's it's a matter of, of understanding what it is, understanding the conditions that this individual is operating under. Um, and like you said, just given the right tools. Because, I mean, like, like I mentioned a second ago, like, I'm, a, I'm ADHD, uh, which I think is hilarious because the U.S. is one of the only places in the world that actually labels it as a disorder. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Um, and then, you know, throw medication at it. They're like, oh, you know what? We're just going to give this seven-year-old some diluted meth. Yeah. Because they have a lot of energy. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, 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 but no, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, it, it's tough and I've never been diagnosed with really anything like that. Uh, um, I think, uh, I love my brother to death, but, uh, you might be able to get him on paper with an ADHD. Um, he's very sporadic, Oh um, yeah, but you give the kid a puzzle and good God, I mean, 
you used to give him puzzles when he was little and he would not like would not leave the table. Um, oh yeah. No, hyper focus is for real. Yeah. It's for real. Um and so like he he's able to do so much more than what I think a lot of people thought that he could. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not like it's not like debilitating. He never got like an actual diagnosis. He made it through school fine. But right. um if you had to sit him and me down and compare the one another, you'd be like this kid, he's got something. <laughs> like ADHD, AD, ADD related. Is this your older brother or younger? My younger brother. Um, How many siblings do you have? I've got two. Um, I've got a younger brother that's five years younger, and then uh, a sister that's seven years younger than me. So, oh, yep. Older so, brother house. Yeah, older brother house. But yeah, you you would say, why can this one sit still and this one can't? Um, yep. But he's just wired different, um, and it, it it hurt to watch. Like looking back of how. Cause I made it through school really easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I glided through school cause it's what I wanted to do towards the end of my senior year. It got a little rough, but, uh, or my, my junior and my senior year it got a little rough, but, uh, it, it sucked watching him having to struggle through school. And it was just so clear and obvious that it wasn't made for him. You know what I'm saying? It was, right. it was so clear and obvious. It's like he, he has the skills and abilities to be a productive member of society. It's not that he doesn't, yep. it's just that they're not tailoring it and making special tools for him. Not even special. Like I know that word's, but yeah, it's accurate, just accurate yeah. tools. It, 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 yeah, I, it's it's like what worked for me is not going to work for him. Yep. And again, he's completely, you know, he, he's not like he's a, he's a functioning member of society. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not like uh, it's it's funny. He's going to get made fun of by my friends because of this. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm uh, about to end this man's career. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. But uh, no, it's just like you know, he comes home with a different report card than what mine looks like. And it's uh-huh. very clear that it's like, dude, it's, it's because they're not helping him in the way he needs to be helped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. Um, luckily I took to, you know, school like a fish in water and got through it. Um, cause that's the way I like to learn. But mm-hmm. also, you know, that I wasn't very, I wasn't just incredibly good at sports. Houston was pretty good at sports. He was always been really athletic. Um, nice. you know, like it, it, to see the differences in us and to see it always hurts to think what, how much better could he have been if they would have just given him the tools? You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not that he's bad. He's going to go do great things. Um, he's doing great things. Um, yeah, great things. My brother phenomenal. (laughs) Phenomenal. Um, no, he's going to do, go do great things, but it's just like, man, if, if he didn't have to fight through all of this BS where they're not giving him the right tools, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, because I mean, same same thing in in the workforce as well as like in education man you if you're going to measure the quality of the product you have to have good metrics right involved, right and uh this is this is a whole another conversation so we we can rail re, reel it back in if it gets too derailed but like the standardized testing yeah. you know or even just like regular testing school are a great means of someone's ability to memorize for the most part that's that's what most of them are. I mean, unless you're getting into like real engineering stuff, then you have to be really great with conceptual things. Um, yeah. But like, you know, thinking back through like grade school and, and middle school and high school, you know, like most of those tests are, me- are really just memorization quizzes. They, they, they are to a, to a large extent. I would say that um, there is, I'm good at them. And oh, how same, I'm good at same. them is, is not necessarily memorization. There is a process. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of that is, uh, keys to critical thinking finding context clues like what you said yeah I would and then agree. one of it is just the, the confidence to make a choice 
<laughs> yes. Um, that's that's the other thing is is it a memorization game? It is. Uh, and luckily for me, I've got a, a pretty decent memory. And so if you tell me something once and you're kind of over here, you know, if I hear it, even eavesdropping, you know, if I if I hear it, um, there's a pretty good chance that when I read those words, it's going to spark something. And so it is a little bit of memorization, but just the best teachers that I had taught us how to use the context of the question, mm-hmm. taught us how to use the context of the past 10 questions, um, because you may have an answer in the past 10 questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the confidence to be able to make a decision. That's that's most of what those standardized tests were. Um, yeah, no, that, that part is one of the aspects that I think actually is really beneficial, um, especially with stuff like reading comprehension. Like reading comprehension quizzes, mad quality. Yeah. Like you said, learning to pick up on context clues. Um, even just like because that helps a lot with social cues, like which is gonna help you a lot in out in the real world. Um but yeah, those those elements that get introduced, phenomenal. Um I guess like my issue would be more with just certain like multiple choice questions and like true false stuff, like little uh random quizzes that are, aren't really serving any purpose otherwise and like well did you read the chapter or did you not read the chapter like yeah. did you did you do these math problems or did you not do these math problems which given like math freaking learn it please everyone freaking learn it yeah oh math. my gosh like if you are in eighth grade ninth grade you should be able to do simple multiplication yeah uh and like you said lowering standards it's not doing anyone any favors and there right. are so many standards being lowered just to get kids out on the other end yeah well, and you you have to be able to again teach it to. I'm fully. I don't, I don't know how you feel. So let's let's, let's get have, into it. I have a thought. I want to hear it. Um, I do. I think very specifically that classes need to be gradated by skill level in a certain in a certain function. Um, if not skill level, then you group the high performers with the high performers. You group the mid performers with the mid performers, and the low performers with the low performers, simply so that you can teach them in the way that they need to be taught. Okay. Um, I'm all for mixing. Right, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all for desegregation of intellect level. Yes, sir. Um, it, at a certain point, like maybe Fridays or Thursdays and Fridays, they all come together and they do group learning activities or something like that. Okay. Um, but one of the biggest travesties I saw is again how so same thing you know for my brother if he had been given the tools that he that would have helped him thrive, um, that C could have turned into an A easily. Uh-huh. Um, and that's again the difference that we're talking about here. Yeah, I'm not saying he did poorly. Um, he never got held back or anything like that. Great kid, <laughs> the best kid. Great um, kid. Yeah. Um, great kid. But how much better could he have performed if he was given the tools? And then I think about it. It's like, dang, all those times that I was not interested in class, how much better could I have performed if somebody would have made it interesting? Oh, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, so how do you how do you feel about that that segregation idea? Man, I guess I would. I would want to know what's the context in which you see this. Like, are, are you keep still seeing this in the context of a, uh, like, having the initial separation you, by age group? Did you do dual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So initial separation by age group. I, well, yes. Um, I think you would you would have to have a little bit of fluidity there, like age ranges. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a, age ranges. Um, within certain classes. Uh, but I think seventh grade is seventh grade. Eighth grade is eighth grade. Um, to a large extent because the the spread um in differences between 14 and 15 is large yep. <laughs> and so like seventh and eighth graders they need to go through things separately um but have you have you done dual credit classes oh yeah i did several okay so we were all put in you know we we all got to go do our dual credit thing i yeah. think whatever that looks like needs to start much earlier than sophomore year or whatever it's yep. whatever it's going 
Um, they need, I think they need to have AP sixth grade classes. I think they need to have all the way down even to um, fourth grade, whatever it may be, third grade, where they say, okay, this kid needs a, a different set of set of skills, a different set of teaching practices. I'm going to give this kid that because well, to me, what is the complaint we hear from a lot of teachers is I've got 26 kids in a class. Um, I can't teach them all the same way. So I just have to teach them. Um, can't personalize the education. It's like, well, if we didn't shove all 26 kids of different intellect levels and styles into the same class, it right. might be a little bit different. Um, yeah. And, and man, really, I think a lot of that goes back to kind of the concepts that you were speaking of earlier of, um, you're doing everyone a disservice yeah. by lowering the standards. Right. And so uh, some of my friends who, who are either student teaching or subbing or full-time teachers, that's one of the problems that they complain the most about is that now curriculum is like, can't be tailored. They're not right. allowed to tailor it. If they do find a student struggling, well, sorry about you. Here's your Chromebook. Do, yeah. do the assignment on there. Right. And, um, like the teachers are being given a, a handicap too. Yeah. And of course, like who wants to get into that, man? Like they're de-incentivizing it for teachers as well. well. And I say they as... Well, it's, you know, yeah, but the big they, um, big they, the big they, uh, instead of big, big they doesn't want you to know this, but <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, uh, they, they, uh, yeah, they, uh, nobody wants to, nobody wants to put it on record and put it on the internet that they want to separate classes by intellect level because that would be really bad. <laughs> right. Um, but the way I see that's it is that's intellectual bigotry or yeah, know, whatever, whatever. And not even where you can throw on it intellect level. I mean, we did, I just went to work and there's papers somewhere. Um, went to that work training where we did uh, a whole two, three hours based on our different personality types. Um, where this person is this type of personality. We put people into groups and it was, it, it was oh, like the yellow, red, blue thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's actually up there. Um, but, uh, we can look at mine after the recording is done, but, uh, yeah, it's the D I S C. So dominance, influence, uh, steadiness and conscientiousness. Yes. See, um, see, we didn't get that. Okay. I, we didn't get that. That was all, all the, uh, your consultant group. Yeah. 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 Um, I tend not to say names here, but I think somebody already broke it, but you didn't, oh, but I got you. Um, I got you. Yeah. We didn't discuss rules on that. So, um, I don't like to let people know where I work just cause we say spicy things on here. Sometimes, oh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and you didn't, but big moving, corporate doesn't want you forward. to know this. Yeah. Big corporate. Um, but so we did that, we did the personality surveys and it was funny cause they were like, we're trying to break down stereotypes and it was like, great, awesome. And then immediately watch everybody enact all their stereotypes. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the right, moment they right, get right. broken into groups, like yep. immediately watch everybody take on those stereotypes and enact them perfectly. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> um, hilarious. Honestly, it, it was, it was, it was very funny. Um, but, uh, anyway, like the way I see it is these teachers have eight periods or, whatever you may be doing, they uh-huh. have eight periods. They have eight different opportunities to tailor their teachings to a different group. Um, I don't see any realm where you can't do some sort of test analysis on these kids to see how they learn. Would they learn better a different way? You get them for literally what, nine months out of the year. Um, yeah. Why can you not do a test and then split them across your eight periods? I don't understand why it's not, why it's not okay. Um, yeah, no, the, I agree. At, at the very least, we're able to break it down into four quadrants on some of these personality tests for adults. Yep. Um, that's two period of the same quadrant. And before I get any of this, oh, well, then I would have to come up with different curriculum. I don't care. You get paid. Yes. You get paid and you get three months of vacation. Sucks to suck. 
Um, do be like that. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> um, so I, I don't care. Um, if you're really about the kids, I, to me, I think that's a better way to do it. And we had something like that. I mean, we had. Did y'all have gifted and talented GT program? No, I went. Um, I went to a private school, so oh, we didn't. Yeah, we well, didn't have a lot of those, those other things. Um, y'all are all rich anyway. So, um, <laughs> Not just, after paying that tuition, bro. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of golden kids. Um, oh yes, so I'm sure y'all had no drugs at your private school. Yeah, no, there were um, no scandals. No, no scandals, drugs. No drugs. No. Um, no teen pregnancies. Uh, not that stayed. Oh well. You well, know. the the baby stayed. The kids did not. <laughs> the the kid the kids were politely no longer welcome. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyways, I got I got some opinions, but anyways, yeah. that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, that's a, that's another episode. But anyway, um, I I just don't see why that can't be done. Um. Yeah. I, no, I agree. Uh, I, I I really don't. But anyway. Uh, it's it's my goal to eventually try to help change some of that. Yeah, and like um, you said, you got to put some incentive incentives behind that. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Get the kid on a program to where they actually want to do the stuff they're doing, man. Give exactly. the teacher some incentive to personalize this curriculum. I, um, I have never seen. <laughs> I did ag mechanics. Uh, hard ag mechanics. So I went and I built trailers and all that stuff. Uh, I did a tractor tech contest where you have to. Go and they, I know it sounds very yeehaw, but it's actually really cool. It is yeehaw. Um, where you get a tractor, and so you have to do the, the memorization, the true false test. You true false test. Um, uh-huh. I was very good at that. I finished that in like 15 minutes, and everybody was like, huh? And I actually got the highest score on that. So I was good yes, at the memorization um, of that. But uh, you have to do some components. Uh, then you have to go out and they actually put bugs on tractors. So not like bugs, like cockroaches, but they... Right, create their own yeah, problems yeah. to see if you find them. Yeah, if you were to take an espresso machine and put an issue in there and have somebody go figure out why, um, that's what they do on these tractors. And so you have to go and figure it out with your group. Uh, I worked with kids that you wouldn't call them math whizzes. Um, you know, you wouldn't call them... You wouldn't think that they loved math, but mm-hmm. if you put it in the context of something that they enjoy and that they appreciate, uh, look at how valuable that math skill becomes. Yep. Um, it's It's just so funny to watch that, you know? Um, so funny to watch that. Or you give a kid, uh, I think often to, uh, Steven Ranella. Have you ever seen meat eater meat eater? No, I haven't. Um, so Steven Ranella, he's a popular hunting guy. Okay. Um, he, he does a, a show called meat eater. I can't believe you've never seen it. It's on, it's on Netflix. Um, but you'll have RIP Netflix. Yeah. You, well, you'll have to watch it. They started, they started charging extra. Oh, really? Did they? Well, cause, cause we were mooching off my sister. Oh, so, and we're like, yeah. screw you guys. I'm not paying that $7. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, uh, if you need to, you need to check out Stephen Ranella. But anyway, okay, um, he's a big hunting guy, outdoors, twenty four seven all the time. Uh, and the way he tells a story, I think if I remember correctly, is that um, his seventh grade teacher, writing teacher, or whatever it may be, it may be junior year, I don't know. Um, Stephen, if you hear this, please correct me. Come on the podcast and correct me for being wrong about your story. Formal uh, invitation. Yeah. yeah, massive famous guy, but um, he uh, finally somebody put it in terms that he cared about. He said, okay, write about this that you care about uh dude became a writer dude's got more money than you and i definitely combined but yes i was gonna say more than we ever will but i doubt that but we'll find out um yeah but he i mean he's got same amount of money he's got a massive you know media corporation um got shows on netflix that's running like 11 seasons um dang yeah right he writes books all the times his orations for the shows are eloquent at the very least um they're they're amazing but it's a kid that you wouldn't think would ever enjoy writing. It's it's the cowboy poet. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, nobody cares about poetry until you start talking about horses and whiskey and women. You know what I'm saying? Like then 
um, poetry becomes very attractive. And so yes, sir. you get excellent cowboy poets, cowboy artists, you know, um, when you put it in terms that somebody cares about it, um, then they can actually care. Um, yeah. Sorry. When you, when you put it in perspective of something that they actually care about, um, they'll put forth the effort for it. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, going back to your comment, talking about, you know, the more specialized, uh, education, man. And, uh, I think it's funny cause we were very much on the same wavelength with this, that I've been thinking this for several years. Like, you know, I'm all for establishing baseline education. Like, you know, every kid should be able to do their multiplication tables. Every kid should understand basic grammar. Yeah. Uh, you know, every kid should at least have some basic history. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been a proponent that high school, starting at the high school level, specializations should be implemented. Oh, same. You, you know, at that point, you know, no one's going to benefit from the quadratic formula if homeboy's, you know, skill set leads him to be a mechanic. Yeah. You know, he's not going to need to know that X is equal to negative B plus or minus square root, B squared minus 4AC all over 2A. Okay? Homeboy doesn't need to know that. Yeah. I latched on to that. <laughs> Mitochondria is a powerhouse of the It self. sure is. Uh, it sure is. And we should know that. Yeah. However, my wife, shout out to her, I love you so much, Um, doing civil engineering. She's right. touching math that I would never go near because right. that, that's that's what she's drawn to. That's what she's attracted to. That's what her future job is going to entail. Right. Um. Well, I have some news for her. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they put it all on a machine and now so she doesn't have to do You better get very used to related rates, Tori, because <laughs> that's about the most that you're going to use at your job. No, you actually, she could go very far and do a lot with the math as a civil engineer. But oh, e- yeah. even at that level, it's like, I'm a civil engineer. I bet you do differential equations all the time, right? Never. And then you've got... Don't take the, but my, I have a bunch of civil engineering buddies. So, oh, yeah, um, no, it's, you got the dirt eaters out there and they're like, slopes this way. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, def- definitely. So much yeah. of engineering, bro. I, I'm, and this is a universal thing that I've talked with with several of my buddies that are in like either mechanical or industrial or civil. Yeah. Um, and they all say, they're like, dude, we just have to learn this just to prove that we can. Yeah. Just to know that we know it. You know, the same way that doctors do a bunch of Googling. Yeah. Which, did you know that? Yeah. 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 No, I was talking with. That's why they get so pissed when I tell them, hey, I found three peer reviewed articles that you're about to go look at. Um, Why don't you just. Yeah. Yeah. So they get very upset. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me, man? But anyways, you know, honestly, they taking so much info going through school. I don't blame them. But. You, well, you have to. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's why I've always hated closed book tests in college. I think it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. No, I'm I, let you go. Go, yeah. go on. Get I on that closed soapbox. book tests um, in college. It, it It seems ridiculous. Now. I understand there's a certain place for being able to learn the method and use the method yep. um, and to be able to use it without a certain amount of reference. But um, I see no reason that you can't put critical information out there for people to to use uh, when they're performing a test. Because you and I, we go through tests at work. What are our tests at work? It's when somebody comes storming down the hallway, sprinting, and says, I need this. Um, and you go, okay, I'll get you that. And then does he go, but you can't use Google. <laughs> no, yeah, right, he doesn't. Right. <laughs> like he doesn't do that. Um, you know, no yeah. at no point are they gonna drive you out in the middle of Pampa, take your cell phone, give you a you know, a pencil and be like, Hey, figure this schedule out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. or in between here and Pampa and like drop you off in a field, be like, All right, now figure it out. Um yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's stupid. um and it I think it impairs it, it I don't think it impairs anybody. I think the critical thinking skills and all that I think you are bettered by that exercise. Agreed. Um, you are bettered by that exercise. 
but it's often when I think of how much better could you be if you didn't have to do that bullshit exercise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if they actually, it, it was so being a welding guy. Um, it, I, I remember it specifically. I have halfway of a photogenic memory or photo. What is it? Is it photogenic photographic? Yeah. Photographic memory where, um, I still remember the scene, um, as if it were in a movie where I walked past, uh, a classroom and it was a group of people who I knew were juniors and seniors in mechanical engineering school. And they literally were holding up I-beam and channel iron flashcards. Um, that may not mean much to you, okay? It's not. <laughs> but that is like the basis of building anything. Is like, what's an I-beam? What's a channel? What's an angle iron? Um, okay. So it's it's different types of, of steel. Um, okay. But it's just like, you. it was so bewildering to me. I'm like, you want to be a mechanical engineer, okay? You want to be a structural civil engineer. And you don't know what an I-beam is and you're a senior, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they were legitimately going over like flanged I-beam, you know, like C channel. Like it, it was, yep. I was like, dog, I can't. And this is why the workforce is the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I remember stopping and I'm looking at that and I'm like, what do they, they have like, is it like eighth graders? Like what, what, what do they do? Like, is this something where they like the local school kids or something like come and learn about engineering or something? Yeah. And I like look farther. I'm like, those are seniors. Like those are seniors, you know, like, and you're learning about yep. your channel irons. Like, oh man, it was so infuriating. And yep. it's, it's not that they can't learn that. It's just why, why now, you know? Yup. No, no, like, I, I agree, man. Why have I had to do unit conversions in every damn class that I've been in, uh, which unit conversions are important. That's actually probably the most important thing that you learn in engineering is yep. unit conversions. But why are we doing that in front of every, you know, at the beginning of every single engineering class, we do unit conversions. Yeah, it's taken them four years and sixty thousand dollars later for you to teach them what an I beam is. God, so frustrated. But I can tell it doesn't get to you. Yeah, it doesn't get to no. me at all. <laughs> it, well, and and what's bad is the way this works in the world. Let me let me give you a little bit of hint onto the world of engineering. The way this works is you go out there and you're standing there with some field guy who's going to have to actually put this stuff together. Uh, you're standing there with your project manager who may have a business degree, uh, and you may be the engineer, and you got the accountant over there. And you're going to propose a solution and the accountant's going to say it's going to cost too much. The field guy says I can do it uh, with half the amount of material or I can do it 10 times as easier. The PM says, I don't care. I'll get it figured out. Uh, and then you're going to look at each other and the, the field guy is going to say, why don't we do four inch square tubing? You're going to say, okay, whatever. Uh, the accountant's going to say, yeah, that costs about, that's within the budget. And you're going to go back and you're going to do four inch square tubing because that's what you're told to do. Um, that's exactly how it's going to go. I know I laid out a poor example, but what what really happens oh, no, is, no, or like you go into a, a refinery or a plant or something like that, and you have to put something back up and you're the engineer that has to approve the project. And it's already sitting on three inch square tubing. It's been sitting on three inch square tubing for 80 years. Uh, oh. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go three inch square tubing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, <laughs> yep. that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, or it's been sitting on three inch square tubing. It cracked. So you're going to go to you know, five inch, you know, I beam or whatever. Like yeah. you're like, well, that, that was a little weak. So we're going to put it up to five inch, call it good. Um, it is more complex than that. in a lot of, in a lot of scenarios, a lot of people are running tests. Um, they do have simulations that they have to run for PEs and stuff like that. A lot of it's done by a computer, but it is just kind of wild how much, how little the instruction taught at college benefits people when they leave, um, high school, elementary school, junior high, how little of that is actually beneficial when they do leave. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, man. Cause like, I mean, I went through business school, and the most beneficial parts of that, um, or the most beneficial concepts, all had to do with leadership and management styles, rather than all the other random classes in between. 
Yeah. Um, because like it deals with it deals with people and it deals with learning and it deals with um how to lead your your people well, right? Because like like we've been talking about the whole time, you know, you give someone the right tools, you give them the right trainer, the right education, uh, and let them self motivate in a way that they can actually care about, they're gonna get the job done. Yeah. You know, most of the workforce is on site training. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not using my my fundamentals of finance class uh in my my current role. Like, right. It had nothing to do with it. Even if I was getting into the financial realm, like yeah, maybe I would conceptually have somewhat of an idea of the factors that are at play, but that's not going to teach me how to use the software. I I think college is a lo- very large it's it's uh concepts and vocabulary. Pretty that's, much. That's that's what it is. Pretty much. Um concepts and vocabulary and there's value in that. Don't get me wrong, there I is agree. value in that. If I go to hire uh if I go to hire a project scheduler, okay? Um Let's talk about project scheduling. All right. If I go to hire a project scheduler and they come to me with a business degree um, and they have like no concept of actuals or forecast or anything like that, like they just don't even know what this means um, or they don't know what the word procurement means. Like they don't know how businesses typically procure uh, things. They did what to it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that's going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be fairly not good. Yep. Um, if you've got the degree, I'm going to be concerned. If you don't have the degree, it's still easy enough stuff to learn. Yep. Um, it's still easy enough stuff to learn. So I can, I completely, yeah, you and I are on the same, same wavelength with that. Um, it, it, it's very frustrating and I hope to help fix it. One of my goals is to eventually have not really like a boys ranch, but, um, some sort of school eventually that does the things that I want them to do. Um, good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. That's one of my goals. So, What's what's next for Joshy? What, what what is next for Joshy? And I apologize. So just I wanna I wanna reference back that I still do slip up and call you Josh occasionally, and I I'm sorry, but I just changed into my phone literally today. Oh, dude, um, that's hilarious. So, no, but, dude, it's totally fine because honestly, that that's what I've always been introduced as, like first by my parents. Yeah. Um, and then you know there actually was a time I did go by Josh. Yeah. And it was up in during school up until second grade, and then we had three Joshes in the class, and I was only called Joshy at home. And I hated it because I'm like, I'm not a little kid. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little, little seven, eight-year-old me. Um, but, yeah, then be- because of that situation, I started going by Joshy in my normal life, in my school life and everything. And it just kind of stuck. You know, I think it suits me better. Joshua, way too adulty. Yeah. Joshes get a bad reputation. Yeah. Hardly anybody knows a Joshy. Yeah. So I like it. But anyways, yeah. I appreciate that. It doesn't offend me whenever people slip up because I know it's kind of odd. And a yeah. lot of actual adults, I say actual adults, I mean, like, you know, real like professional mm-hmm, business. Yeah. People feel really uncomfortable calling someone Joshy because they're like, "You're not a child." I'm like, "I know that. You know that." <laughs> well, so what's the fear? But Do you want to go to HR? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Go ahead. Ask me my pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use all of them. I'm collecting them. <laughs> collecting. <laughs> you got a whiteboard. Uh, uh, that's very funny when they try to make a spill in our pronouns. I hope nobody. And they're like, what are your pronouns? And it's like, rather not. And they're like, well, no, what are they? And it's like, yeah, rather not. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you're not, you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Move on. Yeah. No, on, honestly. And which just as like a blanket statement, I'm like, you know, there are very few things you should base the entirety of your identity on. Yeah. I don't think that's one of them that's worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. Someone, someone called me the wrong pronouns. Well, Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not invested in their personal life. They're not invested in mine. Like that. That's okay. Yeah, we're fine. We can be people. Yeah, you should hear what some of my buddies call me. You should hear what some of my best friends call me. <laughs> oh yeah, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but uh, uh yeah, what what's next, man? Shoot, honestly, I'm go- I'm going to continue using the circumstances that God has given me to provide for my family. There you go. And to glorify God. That that's my next steps, man. I mean, of course, I do have big dreams. You know, we're working on getting Not Your Average Joe here in Amarillo by 2025. Um, somewhere along that way, you know, little little baby Joshy will come around. Uh, not anytime go. soon, though. Not anytime soon. Why not? I've been married for less than a year, man. Huh? I've been married for less than a year. So you got about a year left before you have a kid. Before I have a kid, <laughs> yeah. So, sometime after 2025. That's that's what my wife and I have discussed. Okay. Uh, most because, man, you know. She's I, in school. She is. She is in school, man. Um, and of course, we're new to the whole marriage thing. So much yeah. fun. But you know, a, a lot of, I I say a lot. A few individuals that I know and value and cherish and respect very much, that are now in their their fifties, you know, late forties. Kids are grown. Kids are moved out, and they had kids very early on. Yeah. Uh, have told me you want to wait. Really? You want? They're not saying like wait a long time, but saying. Learn how to live with your spouse first. That's learn, interesting. Learn how to coexist. Learn how to cohabitate. Learn how to love them and treat them well as your spouse, as your your cohabitant in your household. Learn that dynamic really well first. Because, of course, like, you know, once you have a kid, then it's it's first. Um, then, like, you know, they're priority number one. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, once that main focus is gone, you come back and, and you realize, oh, I don't actually know my wife that well, which, and I'm not saying that's like a universal experience. That's just some, some advice I've been given from some older people. Yeah. Um, I don't think like, I mean, cause I mean like you and your wife have been together for like seven years, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, right. Is that yeah. how many? Seven years married for two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's just a couple years short of a decade of life experience with each other. Yeah. You know, I would bet y'all know each other pretty dang well at this point. Yeah. Well, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. could order for her at restaurants. I don't know that she could do the same for me, but it's okay. Honestly, <laughs> probably same for Tori and I, but that's because I'm so sporadic. Yeah. Whatever I want. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, no, man. I, I understand what you're saying. And, and I do agree with that. And I, I will take, I will take exception to one thing is that when the kid comes, it should still be wife as priority. Number one. Oh, I agree. Um, your marriage should still be priority. Number one. And so I will say that, that if you're worried about kids leaving and not knowing your spouse, make them priority number one throughout having kids. Uh, your kids will benefit from it, number one. Oh, for um, sure. If you show them that your wife is priority number one, not them. Um, yep. And so, but I do, I do, I completely agree with that. I think if you throw a kid into the situation, you know, two months after you're married, then it's going to be tough. And I think that yeah. being intentional with it, you know, I think that some people may need five years to figure that stuff out. Yep. Um, some people may only have two, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, some people may not some get a people. choice, um, no. but no, we had a choice, but you know, for, for some people it's, it's, you know, two years of being married and living together. Um, we yeah. lived together for about three years. So um, nice. But I, I will say that you have so many people just in society in general, pushing on the other side of that equation that I'm going to push on the other side. So hopefully it balances out somewhere. In so there. I'm going to be like December, you know, like I'm going to be like, you're having a kid in December, right? And so my pressure will hopefully balance out. Oh yeah, the other pressure, and so it's somewhere around 2024, 2025. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. No, dude, I'm I'm stoked for kids. I I think about it really often. That's good. Um, because I'm super excited. Um, yeah. you know, I I have phenomenal parents. Um, and man, I want to do that for a tiny human. That's awesome. You know, I want to I want to make another little disciple. 
That's awesome. I want to disciple my kids, man. And like, I think about it so often. Um, and you know, since we're talking about purpose, you know, that that's one of the things is understanding the way that like God has called me to live now with the intention, uh, hopefully of, of becoming a father. You know, every, every high performing individual, and I would say that you're a high performing individual. Oh, thank you. Um, I know, I know how old you are. I know what you do. Um, you and I've talked about salaries and stuff like that. Yes, you're sir. a high performing individual. Uh, one aspect that I've noticed amongst high performing individuals is that they, they think ahead. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they, they, they think ahead. They think about the future. Um, they think about the things that they want to do, uh, and they, and they focus on those a lot. Um, and so I have no worries. I think that you'll, you'll do the kid thing pretty well. I appreciate uh, that. And I, I'm excited to see Papa Hoss, man. Oh, you think so? I, I think everybody I'm, is. I'm excited, man. You know, honestly, like they asked me, do you want it to be a boy or a girl? And well, my answer is typically as long as it's mine, I don't care. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as long as it's obviously mine, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, everybody like I do things out of spite sometimes, and so everybody's like, "Oh, I'm excited! I want you to get a girl because I think it's gonna be funny to see you have a girl." I'm like, "You know what? Watch me." You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. say I won't. Uh, yeah, say I won't. Did you? Did y'all have the hats? The the say I won't hats? Have you ever seen those? No. Uh, anyway, well, I don't, I don't know. Brought back a a memory hole. Um, there was hats that like they had the the things that said say I won't on it. Is that um, like a yeehaw thing or like a pop culture yeah, reference? I think so. Or? I think I actually think it's like uh like uh. MX, what is it? MX, like a dirt bike. Oh, I think it was like a dirt bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it said, say I won't. But I oh, live my cool. life. I live my life like that a lot. Yeah. Of like, say I won't. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are excited to see Papa Hoss. But, yes, sir. Um, so I'll, I'll give you all the, the hot tips. Um, so I'll just make you listen to the podcast, though. Oh, yeah. So we'll be out drinking and you'll be like, not, we don't have a drinking problem, but we'll be sharing a nice glass of, of neat bourbon. Yes, sir. Um, and you'll be like, hey, man, what did you think about this? I'll be like, I'm not going to talk about that. You got to listen to the episode. <laughs> oh yeah yeah but, yeah paid paid content yeah paid. subscribe for more yeah subscribe for more that's all, what I, all hangouts end at 9 p.m dude, unless you're a premium <laughs> subscriber <laughs> that's literally what i'll do i'll time my conversations to like 45 minutes and then once the once the 45 minutes is done i'll be like all right give me eight dollars yep. <laughs> this is the pendulum swing from like only fans <laughs> <laughs> oh man man yeah um, I'll be, I'll be just like the roasters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pro- profit driven yes, uh, with all of my conversations, but well, Joshie, I think this has been a, uh, a really good podcast. I enjoyed it. And I think that we're going to do more of them. I want to hear your thoughts on marriage. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on marriage a lot, but I have a five thirty dinner and I really got to pee. So do your thing, man. I appreciate being on. It was a good conversation. You appreciate me being on. Well, I, you being on me being on. Yeah. As long as, as long as we're on the same wavelength, man. Yeah, no, Even if think, we're on different wavelengths. I think we did really well. Um, so I think it's going to be funny if people from work listen to this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a little concerned, but absolutely. Um, no, it'll, it'll it'll be fun. But I really do appreciate having you, man. Let's do a uh, one flesh episode sometime in the future, um, whenever your schedule allows. I don't know if you know, we have the one flesh podcast That's, every Wednesday, brother. Yep, every Wednesday, all about marriage. Yes, sir. So, no, I'm here um, for it. It's much better when I have a guest and people think that I'm kidding because I have to do so many solos. But I'm like, no, I really. <laughs> I feel I feel like so unconcentrated when I when I sit down and do the solos. But oh, I feel um, yeah, we'll have to have you back on for that. Do you have anything else for me? You want to shout out your socials, not your average Joe show socials? Uh, yeah, not your average Joe socials on across all platforms. Uh, just follow at nyaj dot coffee. Um, that's that's really it, man. Um, there's donation links on there, uh, so you can see what the mission is all about. You can donate directly if you're ever in the OKC metro area, Oklahoma City. 
Find yourself a shop. There are seven of them. See what the mission is. See it in action. Uh, and get ready for one in Amarillo. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and end it here. Tune into the One Flesh podcast every Wednesday in the Sunday series of the Purpose podcast. Uh, leave a five-star review. If you're not going to leave a five-star review, tell me why. Don't leave a three-star. Please, dear God, I don't have the numbers for you to be leaving three stars on my podcast. So uh, leave a five-star review. If you're not going to do that, then send me a message as to what I need to make better. Uh, go follow me at the underscore purpose podcast on Instagram. See y'all later.